everyone. Praise the Lord. Welcome back to my podcast. Today I have with me Brother Victor Beltran from Central Phoenix Apostolic Church. Hello, Brother Victor. Hey, praise the Lord. How's it going? I'm doing good. I just got out of summer school. <laughs> Busy with my... Sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, Brother, can you please tell us your hobbies and what you like to do for fun okay that's that's um well one of my hobbies i would say is um, i like to read that's one thing that i i like to do of course you know read the bible and stuff but i have a couple books outside of the bible that i do like to read um i also like to hang out with friends you know go out grab a bike go to somebody's house or you know just go out and hang out and have a good time um, you know, brothers and sisters and stuff. Um, I like to. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I try. I don't have just you got a busy schedule, you know, with church and work, and you know you don't always have time to like, you know, do a hobby or you know or like. So I don't know. Most of my time is just you know, it's you know just you know. After church, go hang out with like some of the youth, and like we get together, go go hang out. Uh, same Saturday, go find some other brothers, you know, uh, go hang out and do, you know, just hang out. That's all I like to do. I don't, I don't have too many hobbies. Just don't really have time for you know hobbies. But the time that I have available to me, you know, I just go and hang out with like you know, with some of the some of the church folks. So uh, I would say that there's other stuff that I like to do. But I just don't really ever have time for it. Um, I know this is like for kids and stuff, but you know, there's a kid in all of us, so I like to. Um, it's called it's yeah, it's called Connects. It's like building roller coasters. Like these, they come in a box. They they're not too cheap. They cost a good amount of money. Um, you build roller coasters and like you hit with like the little car, you connect it to a roller coaster and actually like goes around the roller coaster. I know it's very like kiddish but it's something i like to do but i just don't have time you know and then you need a lot of space to build those because they're pretty they're not too small so that's something i've always liked to do i actually built one one time built one but um didn't have nowhere to put it so i was like i can't really do much with this so i had to stop so they're too big especially when you want to build multiples there they'll take up a whole they'll, they'll take up half a room just building like four of them so yeah so yeah, that's a hobby I like, but like I said, most of the time it's just, you know, either like reading or, you know, or going out to hang out with, with like, you know, church folks at the church or just on a Saturday, go to somebody's house and just hang out, you know, or I like sports. I don't play too much, but, you know, I don't really watch it either. You know, you never have time for so just like watch the highlights, you know, scores. I don't know, stuff like that. Like I said, you know, just that stuff I like to do. I think it's pretty cool, you know. So yeah, so that's that stuff I like to do. Not too much, not too much, nothing too interesting there, you know. Just the basics, I guess. But you know, I'm a happy camper. I can say that for sure. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Well, that's good, brother. That you have, you're very busy with your life with church. Yeah, church and work is like takes up most of my time, you know. So, but I'm grateful, you know. You pray for the Lord to use your life, and you know this is what you know. This is what I get. I ask for it. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. amen. Yeah, uh, I remember. I remember just being a, just being a, 
recently baptized, you know. I didn't know anything about the Bible, didn't know anything about God, didn't know anything about prayer, didn't know anything, you know. Um, and I remember, like, when I started, you know, when I started getting an idea of, like, you know, what was like to be a Christian, it took time, you know, you don't learn everything from one day to another. You know, it takes time, and you start, you know, you start, you know, reading the Bible and getting a better idea of what it's like to be a Christian, and, you know, you start praying at your house, and you start going to church, and, you know, little by little, God opens up your eyes, but I remember just always praying to the Lord when I was, when I was younger, it's like, just, you know, Lord, use me, you know, use my life, and, you know, this, like, just to use my life, and, um, and here I am, <laughs> I asked for it, so God gave it to me, so, you know, so now I'm very busy with church, and very busy with, you know, you know, God has blessed me with a good job, and, you know, thank, thank God, and then, you know, he has given me privileges at, uh, you know, privileges at church, so thankful for that, too, you know, so, so, yeah, I'm a happy camper, I can't, can't complain, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. That's great. Oh, and I like coffee. <laughs> yeah, can't leave that Me out. Me too. I love. I'm literally, drink, I'm literally drinking a cup of coffee right now. <laughs> so yeah, that's good. No, that's, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today, brother Victor. Oh yeah, no problem. It's a blessing. It's an honor having you. Thank you. God is good. Um, today's verse of the day is Ephesians 6.11. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 We need the help, man. We need... Mm-hmm. Can you tell us your testimony, please, brother, and what like God has brought oh, you out course. of? Oh, of course. Yeah, by the mercy and the grace of God. Amen. Well... Um, um well it it's it's like I have to literally cut it short because it's a very long long one but I can't you know <laughs> uh well when I was younger like I always tell people like you know I wasn't I wasn't raised in a uh you know a white picket fence you know I wasn't raised you know in a house with the white picket fence you know grew up grew up with a rough life you know I had a set a rough life you know didn't grow up in that you know, you see the Brady Bunch, you see all these, like, family shows, like, oh, everybody's not happy. It's like, uh, that was not my family. <laughs> it was um, the, op- the opposite of that. So, you know, just grew up in a rough, rough neighborhood, rough life, rough family. Um, you know, uh, when I was about, I remember when I was about 16 years old, um, 16, 17 years old, they, um, my dad was my dad. My dad was a drug dealer. He, he used to sell um drugs. He used to sell a lot of drugs. Um, the the police. We had a house up in Poondale, California, up in the mountains, and the cops came and they the they raided the house, and they arrested my father. And um, from that day on, we we lost everything. Like we lost our house. We lost everything pretty much. Um, we had no, we didn't really have anywhere to live. We we were living with my sister in a, in a two bedroom apartment. Her, her husband, their baby, and then six of us sitting in the house with her, uh, in an apartment. And it it was rough, you know, it wasn't easy. Um, I remember um, 
I've always I had always struggled with depression, even before, because it's just you know you grew up living a rough life, and you know sometimes just you know life you get tired of it. So I just grew up in a rough life, and I remember always struggling with depression. Um, but there was um, there was a time where I just you know there's a time in life where you hit rock bottom, you know where you know there's you hit rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go but up. But you know sometimes I feel like it had to take this for me to find the Lord, like, I had to hit rock bottom for me to be able to realize that, you know, I can't do it on my own, you know, somebody, I need help, and my, that help was the Lord Jesus Christ, um, when I was about the age of 17, I remember after, after we lost our house, after, you know, my family was, like, you know, falling apart, um, they, um, I remember this lady, she was a high school counselor, she, for some reason, I don't know how, but we, she, we ended up bumping into each other and she would, she was in charge of recess at that time. And she, I began to open up little by little and I, um, I told her, uh, I just opened up little by little about what's going on in my life, what's going on in my family. And she had, um, and she had told me, you know what, every sixth period come to my office and so we can talk. So I used to go to her office every single, um, every single sixth period. Um, and I remember um, one time she asked me a question and she asked me, Victor, she told me, how suicidal are you? And I remember I was in tears crying, like bawling in tears. Just, you know, I, I was like I said, I had, had a rough life even before this. Um, had an abusive father. You know, my dad used to cheat on my mom. He used to like, you know, cheat on her, and, like, you know, he was a, an abusive father, you know, and, you know, he's and verbally very abusive, too, and, you know, he just had a rough life, and, you know, when you grow up like that, you know, it tends to affect you emotionally, you know, and mentally, um, so, you know, she had asked me, like, how suicidal are you, and I told her if I had a gun in my head, I thought I would blow my brains out, um, I was, at, I was, like I said, I was done with life, I was tired of life, um that's what that's what happened to me just I got tired of life I didn't care anymore you know you're at the point in life where you know at life where you know you're you're 17 you, you don't know you don't know who you are you don't know where you're going in life you know you, you know you you know you, you weren't given direction and you weren't given help and all you grew up was living a life you know of fear complications you know of depression and you know and like you know you, you're not given much hope so I, I turned to, I, I remember one time I was, um, I, I lived here in Phoenix one time in 2010 before I left back to California again. And I remember I was in my room with my cousin. I, I, I was in my cousin's room. I used to live with them and I was crying. I was crying. I was crying. And I, it was like a 12 o'clock at night. And I told myself, if I take my life away, I told myself all my problems will go away. And, you know, and life will be over and I will not, not, you know, and I won't struggle anymore. You know, my, my solution to life was, you know, if I just, you know, um, if I take my life away, you know, every, all the problems will go away. You know, there will be no more, there'll be no more problems. There'll be no more issues. There'll be no more struggles in life, you know. And I thought the solution was, you know, suicide. I thought the solution was, you know, you take your life away and, you know, problem solved. But, you know, that's, that's a lie of the devil right there, you know. That's the devil just trying to take a life that God has given, you know, given life to. Amen. So 
Um, I and and I remember one time we didn't have any, I didn't have anywhere. I was eighteen. I had nowhere to live. Um, so my dad had a house. My dad has a house in Rosarito, Mexico, over by Tijuana. So me and my sister, we said, you know, we decided we we're gonna pack up our bags and leave. So we, so we ended up packing our bags and we we found a way to get to Mexico, and um, yeah, we we moved over there. I was over there for about a year and a half, I think. And it was a struggle. You want like the struggle was real. Like we didn't go to like a you know a mansion or a five star house in Mexico. We went to you know to live a rough life. You know it was. There was started. There was times where we didn't have food to eat. You know, there was no plate for. There was no plate of dinner. You go to bed without without eating. Uh, sometimes our plate of dinner was a bowl of a bowl of like Mexican rice, and that was it. You know, we used to get excited when we had when we had money to to buy to make sandwiches. That's literally how 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 bad the struggle was. Like literally, I remember my sister and I we were like, "Oh, we have enough money to go buy to make sandwiches." We literally would get excited to make a ham cheese. Sandwich with like tomato, lettuce, and onion. Like we were so excited to do. That's how bad the struggle was, you know. But to us, you know, it was like, oh, we have money to buy to make sandwiches. To me, it's like, you know, so um, lived a rough life over there too, and still had a, you know, we were all grown up, but my dad still, you know, he was still battling with things, you know. He had a he when he when he, when they when they released him, he 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 got all on, he got out on bail. He ran, you know, he ran to Mexico, and you know. So he was going through, he was dealing with things in life, you know, situations and just problems, you know, in life. So it was still a struggle when we were in Mexico. And um, yeah, I was I was going through a lot of issues. And, you know, uh, there was one time where I was just tired. I had given up on life and I was like, you know what, I'm done. Uh, I picked up a knife and uh, I slipped my right wrist. I literally began to pick up and I just slicing my right wrist. And you know, attempted suicide. Um, I was tired. I was done. I didn't want to live anymore. Um, I remember I used to. Um, I used to. Um, in my room at night when I was in Mexico, I used to write letters of suicide, and I used to write letters of depression. And like I used to cry all night. I remember I used to cry, and just sit there in my bed and just cry and write letters of suicide and depression, um, every single night and just you know just drowning my sorrows. Um, and you know that was that was my life you know and like I said like you know it led to suicide where I attempted it you know and by the mercy and the grace of God I'm still here because man it's just you know it's just crazy how you know like how you can go like just the fact that like you know I try that stuff you know you do it and like you think that's the answer to life but in reality there's more to life than depression there's more to life than suicide and that's why um, in Matthew 11, 20 to 30, it says, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. He says, And I will give you rest. Just take my yoke upon me and learn of me. He says, For I am meek and lonely heart, and ye shall find rest for your soul. He says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, um, one thing one thing very important to understand that scripture is Jesus saying, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden. That's one of my first scriptures, just because it relates so much to to my to me before I came to Christ. Like, you know, I was broken. I was hopeless. I had no more hope. I was broken in pieces. Uh, emotionally, I was broken. Mentally, I was broken. You know, everything in my life was broken, you know, and I had no more hope. And, you know, my solution was, you know, committing suicide and taking my own life. 
you know, but there's more to life than suicide. There's more to life than depression and that and his name is Jesus, you know. He's the answer to all our anxiety. He's the answer to our depression and our suicide. He's the answer to every emotional struggle, every distress in our minds, everything that we go through in life that we feel has no answer, it does have an answer. His name is Jesus Christ. You know, first Peter five seven says casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you, you know. God cares about us. God cares about our problems. God cares about our issues. Everything that we go through in life, he cares. But one thing that he does in Matthew 9, 20, Matthew 9, 28, he says, come unto me. You know, one thing that God asks is that, you know, that we come because I look at my life and like, you know, when God found me, he didn't find this, this masterpiece. He didn't find this, you know, this, he didn't find a precious jewel or this beauty. He didn't find anything. He found ashes. He found a broken vessel, you know. He found somebody who was tired of life and had no more hope and didn't care about life anymore. You know, what God found in me was nothing, but he made it into something. That's the beautiful thing about God, that God can get nothing and turn into something. God can turn get ashes Amen. and turn it into beauty. God turns broken pieces into masterpieces, you know. He, he does all those things. But, you know, we have to come as we are, you know. I did, when I came, I didn't come, you know, trying to think I had it all together. I came and I was beat up, man. I was that I was I was at the end of the road. You know, there was a dead end. I was at the I had rock bottom. There was nowhere else to go. I remember when I first showed when I first went to church, it's just crazy. I was I had this tough guy mentality, you know, like, oh like men don't cry. Like that's that's how I used to be before. <laughs> like men don't cry, you know, I have this tough guy mentality. Um and I remember when I when I went to church for the first time uh, Pastor Johnny's Church, Central Phoenix. I went there, and um, it's crazy because during the worship, like you know, the whole worship and what's going on. And I remember they did an altar call. I didn't know what altar call was at then, but I remember like visualizing, like I can visualize. I remember they did an altar call. Of course, I didn't go. I didn't even know what an altar call was. <laughs> I never heard of it. Um, but I remember I was way in the back, and I remember this. I started crying. Like tears just fell, like ran down, ran down my face, and I ran out. Literally, like I took off, I went outside. Um, the reason was because to me, like men don't cry. Like you know, men don't, men are not supposed to cry, and men are not supposed to break down. You know, and like so, I literally ran out the church because I didn't want nobody to see me cry because I thought it was like wrong. I thought, oh, I thought it was like shameful, embarrassing to see a guy cry. But what was going on, that the Lord was reaching my heart, you know. And that's a beautiful thing about, you know, that's the thing about they read the book of Ezekiel where God says that, you know, he turned their, their hearts of stone into a heart of flesh, you know. And in order for God to be able to reach us, we have to let his spirit mold our heart and turn it from a heart of rock, heart of stone, into a heart of flesh, you know. And, you know, if there's any hope for us in life, it is the Lord Jesus Christ, and like that's where I found, you know, I found hope in Jesus, you know, and I can I can't deny who He is, and I can't deny that He doesn't exist. He's alive, you know, and His Spirit is with us, and you know, His Spirit moves. It heals not only physical wounds, not only physical, you know, sicknesses, but He also heals emotion emotions, you know. Like a lot of times we we pray for people that are that are sick, you know, from disease, from a sickness or something, or you know, are hurting from a sickness. But how many people are hurting in their hearts? How many people are hurting in the spirit and nobody knows about it, you know? Like 
The God that we serve, he can heal all things. He can heal the spiritual. He can heal the physical. He can heal the mental. He can heal the emotions. You know, God can heal anything. And you know, I'm a living testimony of, you know, what God can do is somebody who's broken and has no more hope. And that was me, you know, like just, I just, for many years, I struggled with depression and suicide, you know. And the crazy thing was that my family didn't even know this. This is something that, like, I would hide, like I had hidden, something that I hid from everybody was crying at night, you know, trying to commit suicide, you know, depression. Nobody knew about it. It was something that I that I hid inside inside for a long time. But, you know, when I came to the Lord, he brought it to light, but he healed me. You know, he delivered me from all the suicide, all the depression, all the low self-esteem, all of this. You know, now I'm able to, you know, smile. Now I can live a happy life, live a happy life. And I'm, a, you know, I can say that by the mercy and grace of God, I'm a blessed person just because of what he has done in my life, you know. And, you know, that's like the greatest, the greatest, the greatest thing that I can give a person is my testimony. You know, let them know what God did in my life and what he can do in their life, you know. And like, that's, that's something that like, whenever I talk to people about God, I always share my testimony. I always let them know this is what the Lord's done in my life, you know. I know that he exists. I know that he is life and we can feel his presence, you know. How could we deny the one who, the one whom we can feel, you know, you can feel his presence in that. You can feel that, you can feel that atmosphere begin to change when people begin to worship and praise, you know. Um, so, so yeah, just, you know. That's my life. It just, you know, it, it was it was a struggle, you know, the battle, you know. That's why sometimes uh, we see people praise, some prayers, some people praise extravagant, you know, <laughs> extravagant worship and praise. But there's a, there's a testimony behind that praise. There's mm -hmm. a testimony behind that worship. When you see somebody dancing or jumping or shouting or running the aisles or running the altar or, you know, like there's a testimony behind that. They didn't just get there. Mm -hmm. Just they didn't just get there. They got, they had a they had to walk through a rough through a rough valley. They had to walk through a broken road to the to get to where they are now. That's why when I when somebody praises and they're giving extravagant praise, you know, don't 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 criticize them. Don't judge. Don't make fun of them. Instead, have a talk with them and let them know what God's done in their life, and then you're gonna understand and know the reason for their extravagant praise and their extravagant worship because. The Lord has done a great work in them. The Lord has healed them. The Lord has delivered for something that it felt impossible. So that's why, that's why, like, I don't, man, people want to run the aisle, I'll run with them, you know? It's like, uh, if you want to dance, I'll, I'll dance, dance to the Lord. I'll dance with them. I'll jump with them. I'll praise with them. Why? Because I understand. I understand what it means to live, you know, in darkness, to live broken, to live with no hope. And all of a sudden, you know, you find God and you feel his presence and you feel his spirit and you can feel him all around you. You know, it's like there's something like inside of you that's which is the spirit of God that changed you completely, transformed you. You know, you used to be the depressed person, you used to be a suicidal person. You know, not now you're just, you know, like there's something inside of you that freed you. You know, you don't feel that depression no more. You don't feel bound to suicide anymore. You don't feel bound to low self-esteem. You know, you don't feel none of that stuff. Now you feel free. And because you feel free, you're able to praise and worship God. And because you know what he's done in your life, you give it to him uh, on another level. But because of the mercy and the grace of God that, that transformed and changed. So it's like, that's why, like, I always tell people, like, don't, don't, don't make fun of somebody who like shouts and like dances and jumps and screams and runs the aisles and, you know, don't, instead talk with them, you know, after a service, point to the side for five, 10 minutes, say, hey, what have the Lord done in your life? And you're going to see the reason for why they do it, you know, 
because God did something in their life, you know. So it's just it's hard to it's hard to like hold it. It's hard to hide it inside. Why? Because like you know, you know what the Lord's done in your life, and you can't hide it. You gotta let it out, you know. So mm. you know, if I look at my life at times. I'm like, if you would have told me. Uh, somebody would have told me like, "Hey, Victor, um, for like, and somebody told me before I was a Christian, hey, one day you're gonna be a, uh, you know, one day God, God's gonna, you're gonna be a Christian, one day you know, you're gonna be, you know, you're gonna worship God, one day you're gonna be, you know, a preacher, or a minister, or a youth leader." I'm like, "You're crazy. You don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> that would have been my answer to it, <laughs> you know. But it's crazy how I look at my life now, and I to myself, I would never have imagined myself being where I'm at today you know never it's just by the mercy and the grace of God I was one you know I picked up a knife and set my right wrist attracting me to suicide you know who knows what would have happened but I believe that that was just that was just God building up a testimony you know what the enemy what the enemy was trying to use to destroy is what God is going to use to bless us you know to bless others you know the the enemy never has a final word God is the one that has the final word you know and that's a lot of times like a lot of times you look at people and you're like, you know, or you can say, you know, everything you go through in life is all a preparation for what God's going to use, what, what, what God's going to do in your life, you know. It's what, what, whatever, everything that the enemy is trying to use to destroy you is what God's going to use to bless you and to bless others, you know. It's like it's going to become a living testimony of the power of God. So it's like, you know, so I thank the Lord for that, you know, because, you know, where would I be if it wasn't for his mercy and his grace, you know. We're here only by the mercy and the grace of God. We are not here by anything that we have done. You know, I'm not here. Like, man, like I tell us, I'm not here by anything that I've done because I wanted to take my life. You know, God gave me life and I'll try to take it. You know, God, you know, so it's like I have no right to boast. I have no right to say anything. All I can do is give thanks for the mercy and the grace of God that saved me because I was at the point of death. I was at, I was at the verge of like, you know, just tired of life. And living suicidal and living depressed, you know. And now it's like, you know, I'm here, but it's only by the mercy and the grace of God. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says that, you know, not by works that any man should boast, you know, it's all by the mercy and the grace of God. So, so yeah, he's, he, he's been good. He's been, he's been good and he's faithful and he is good, you know, he doesn't change. So, so yeah, if it wasn't for his mercy and grace, I don't know where I would have been, but. The Lord took me out of suicide. The Lord took me out of depression. Took me out of low self-esteem. That's always tell people, like, you know, like, you never know who you can bump into. You can give a testimony to somebody, and they could be going through the same thing that you are, and you didn't even know it, you know. And then you just, you just touch somebody's life, you know. You can take them to a Bible study, take them to church, and let them know, look, this is how the Lord saved me, you know, and this is how the Lord delivered me. So there's power behind the testimony, and this testimony can save a life, you know. So it's it's important that we share our testimony with other people and let them know what God has done in our life and what he delivered us from. Because now, you know, I'm still here by the mercy and the grace of God through battles, through struggles, through ups and downs, through, you know, it might have it, it been a, a difficult road, you know, but I finally, but I made it, you know, and I'm here by the mercy and the grace of God. Holding back a lot of tears right now. I try to hold my composure over here, but... Um, yeah, God's been good. I don't know where I would be if it wasn't for him. So it's like, you know, I can just wake up every morning and give thanks to God for another day of life, you know. And suicide wasn't the answer. It was Jesus. And I found, he found me. I didn't find him. He found me because 
I don't know where I was going in life. He gave me direction. You know, he gave me a spirit. He gave me his love, his mercy, his grace, and his compassion. And here I am today. So I was still standing, but it's all by the mercy and the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Thank yeah, you like, so much, Brother Victor. Yeah, there's a scripture in Psalm 51 that I've always liked a lot. Um, Psalm 51. It says, <sighs> it says, For thou desirest not sacrifice, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. So the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A broken and a contrite heart, O oh God, thou will not despise. Thou God will not despise what is broken. He will not reject what is broken. That's a, the greatest offering you can give to God is your brokenness. You know, you know, mm -hmm. God just God just wants to come like, oh, like, oh like, my I got my life together and everything's good. Like, no, give him your brokenness, you know. It, if you give God a sacrifice of brokenness, he will accept it and restore it. So it's like that's why you know. Just, you know, come broken, you know, and God will not reject it. So I just, I say that by, you know, by my own experience with God is that, you know, I came broken in pieces and the Lord restored my soul, you know, and gave me, gave me new life, gave me hope and, you know, put joy inside my heart and took away all that depression that was no good. So, so yeah, the Lord is good, you know, and, you know, for anybody that struggles with suicide depression, the answers in Jesus Christ. That you find restoration, that you find, you know, renewal for your soul and your mind and your spirit. And you find joy of the Lord and you find, you know, eternal life and hope for for another day. Follow in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Brother Victor, for giving me your testimony. Yeah, sorry, it took a little bit long, but uh, no, it, it that's <laughs> fine. You could take as long as you need. Yeah, there's a whole lot more, but we, you know, we're all we want. I don't want to take too much time. <laughs> it so. was. Thank you so much for joining. It means a lot to me that you accepted my invitation. Yeah, of course, you know we're here to. Um, we're here to, you know, help one another, you know, lift up one another and support one another. So, you know, it's a blessing to always, not even that one, it's about, you know, testimony or the word of God, you know, that's, you should never, you should always, you know, accept that invitation, knowing that, you know, you don't know whose life you can touch or impact by just, you know, just simply sharing your testimony. So, yeah. you know, but we serve a God of power. We serve a God of restoration. You know, we serve, serve a God that can do all things. God can heal a broken and a contrite spirit. And, you know, all we got to do is bring it to him and he'll take care of it. For God, all things mm -hmm. about says for men, it says impossible. It says, but for God, it says all things are possible. So, yeah, but God is good. So, you know, without him, there, there is no life. There's no hope without him, you know. Our hope is in Jesus. Our faith and our trust is in Jesus Christ. So. You know, he makes all things new, and that's that's what the Bible's about. Says that you know, says that he that you know that he will make all things new. You know, this is just a temporary. We're just we're just passing by. It's just a temporary stay, but 
one day comes an eternal, you know, an eternal home, you know, not made by, not made by hands of man, but by hands of God. And, you know, we wait for that, we wait for that, for that, for that time, for that moment, you know, and, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just thankful. So God is good, you know, but, you know, amen. mercy and the God grace of God, good. the mercy, amen, the mercy and the grace of God has me here today. And yeah, it's good. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's done a whole lot of stuff, like just sometimes you get, sometimes you just, you just sit back and just reflect on life and you're like, man, like, what, like, what am I doing here? Or like, what's like, just amazed by, you know, the fact that you're still here where you're at and what God's done. Because at one point I remember, I could, I remember everything, like every, every moment of my life where like I was ready to give up. I, you know, they don't leave me. They just, you know, they're in my mind, but it's all a remembrance of what God took me out of and what he's done. So, so yeah, so yeah, God is good. And, you know, do appreciate the, the invitation. I thank you for the invitation. Like I said, you know, anytime it comes down to sharing your testimony, you know, what God has done, you know, that's always a blessing to somebody's life. So, so yeah, so thank you for the invitation. It is much appreciated. Amen. You, of course, of course. Do you have any verses you would like to share, brother? Any more verses or anything you would like to add? Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a couple here. Um, okay, I write. Oh, there you go. That's a hobby. I write poems. <laughs> I, I, I just. That's cannot. so cool. Yeah. Can be. Wow. So like, really, Victor? Like you pretty... yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know you. When I can. Right there. Hello. Hello. You, I say you want me to share one? Yes, sure, you can. Okay. Just give me one second. I have like 40 of them, so. <laughs> of course you could share. Yeah. Okay. All right, this one's called Hear Me. It says, hear me, O Lord, hear me when I cry. Hear me when I'm tried. I write to with my tears, take away all this fear. I'm standing but with weak knees. The words have broken my heart. Let me hear you calling when I am falling. I was so discouraged, I have lost my courage. Will God, will God hear man when he is broken? Will God seek man when he is so low? Your face do I seek, your strength do I need. Broken bones, walking all alone. Eyes of tears, mouth of silence. I cover my face, oh what a day, let it turn into night that I may hide. Give me a taste of joy that I may rejoice, that my frown may turn into a smile and this trial pass by. I'm I'm being tried but too weak to fight. They never consider my solitude, they never ask, how are you? They just score me with words and leave me hurt, and don't consider the pain that I'm left in shame. Depression runs through my veins, discouragement taking my hope. Why are you so quiet? The Lord again you will arise give me light in darkness hear me cry hear me cry oh lord i write it i write it with my tears hear me Amen. wow that's so good brother <laughs> uh, god is good um 
I, I can share one more if you want to. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. You could share one more. Yeah, it's up to you. Called. Yeah, I don't mind it. I like sharing them. <laughs> <laughs> this is called From Darkness to Light. God, give me one second. Darkness, <clears throat> I cried. A weary, a weary man on his knees, not knowing what to believe. Lost in darkness, heartless. Tried inside with no light. Living in a lie, searching for truth. Living with no hope. Where do I go? Who do I call on? Looking for a way, but could not see. A road of darkness leading me to destruction. Full of pain and shame, and I'm left a life in vain. Where is my escape? But then your light. I stride my tears, took my fear. Taken from darkness to light. You answered my why, you heard my cry, gave me a path of light to walk on, darkness nowhere to be found, your joy gave me strength, granted me a new name, a new heart with your pure love, your spirit delighted my thirst, he is the father of light, his name is Jesus Christ, from darkness to light. Amen. So, yeah, that's, that's just, I, you know, the Lord gives me this stuff and I just write it down, and, you know. God is good, so yeah, that's just I that's crazy how I look at my life how like before I threw out like suicide letters and like letters of depression and now like you know, God turned it into God turned turned what was suicide letters into, you know, poetry, you know, for his honor and his glory. So you know, I don't know, God God turns God God turns it, you know, uses it for his good, so so yeah, but yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. Thank you, brother, yeah. for sharing some of no your worries. poems with us. Yeah, there is a verse that I like a lot. Um, but you know, when you look at when you look at um you know, there's a there's a void in everybody. You know, there's a there's a void in in you know in man that only God can fill. You know, you can have everything in the you can have everything in the world, but you know, but nothing is greater than God. You know, there's a void in the heart of man that only the Spirit of God can satisfy. Like you know, there everybody has a void. There's an emptiness inside that I a void inside of everybody. You know that that is you know that only the Spirit of God can satisfy. You know. You know, so like an empty space or like, you know, just a void, you know. There's an empty space like in our hearts that only God can fill, you know. You know, everything we do in life, you know, everything we do is in vain if, you know, if we have not the Spirit of God in us, you know. Everything we do is void if we have not the Spirit of God, you know. Well, check this out. Like, we have a God-shaped void in our heart that only God can fill. There's a God-shaped void, mm-hmm. you know, in the heart of man that only God is able to fill, you know. Mm-hmm. Every living every living human has a void within themselves, so that, you know, that we all try to fill. Many of us with wrong things, you know, even, like, with good intentions. But the truth is each of us has a God-shaped void in our heart that only he can fill, you know. Everything that the world has to offer us, you know, they offer materialistic things, you know, they offer fame, houses, lots of money, you know, they offer, you know, it's a temporary joy. It's a temporary satisfaction. 
but it grows old and it begins to rust. You know, these are just temporary things, you know, but it can never take the place of the Holy Ghost. Nothing that the Lord has to offer can take the place of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost works in the eternal. The world works in the temporary. You know, nothing that the world can offer is eternal. Everything it offers is temporary. But what God has to offer is eternal, an eternal joy, an eternal salvation, an eternal life. Like everything that the Holy Ghost offers, you know, it cannot be replaced. There's nothing that can take the place of the Holy Ghost. You know, what God, think about it, what God has, what God has to offer is incomparable, you know. What God offers is not temporary, but like, you know, like I said, it's eternal. It's an everlasting gift that God, you know, that God gives us. That's a beautiful thing. Like in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it says, For which cause we faint not, it says, but though our outward man perish, it says, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. It says, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for the far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. You know, even though we per even on the outward we perish, in the inward, you know, we're being renewed daily. But that's what I'm saying, like, you know, what the what God has to offer is not temporal, but it's eternal, you know. So that's why it's just, you know, one thing that um I a while back I did a I I, I was doing a little bit of researching and studying, and it says that eight hundred thousand people commit suicide every year. Wow. Close close to 800 people commit suicide every year. But you know what the problem is? That they try to fill that void. They try to fill that emptiness with drugs, with alcohol, you know, with many other bad things, you know. When when people what happens when people when they're depressed or stressed out, you know, they they look for things to satisfy them. Many of them look for drugs, you know, some of them look for cigarettes, some of them look for alcohol, some of them find things to bring them a temporary joy, but in reality, that stuff doesn't bring, you know, doesn't bring joy, that doesn't bring satisfaction. Most of the time, some of the time, it brings even bondage, you know, addiction, you know, and they lean towards those things for relief and to satisfy them, you know. Many even go as far as they take their own lives. They commit suicide because, you know, they, they can't take it anymore. But like I said earlier, the solution is not a suicide. The solution is not drugs and alcohol and all these bad things. The solution, the answer is Jesus Christ. He's the one that can satisfy our soul. He's the one that can bring peace to our mind. Like us, when we're stressed out, we don't go. We don't go pick up a beer. We don't go pick up a cigarette. We don't go do drugs. We pray, and in prayer we find peace. That's why Jesus offers peace in the middle of the storm. That's why you know. That's why it's like. When we go through stuff in life, we don't run to these the things that can that bring addiction. We don't run to these temporal satisfactions, temporary satisfactions. We run to the one who can who can heal all things. We will, we run to the one that can calm the storm. We come we run to the one that can give us peace in the middle of the storm, and that is through prayer. Prayer is the key to bringing relief to our mind, to our heart, our spirit, and our soul. I don't know. I'm talking too much. I'm just getting into it. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, you're good. You're good. I love it. <laughs> that's the thing about like, um, you know, our 
our emptiness, our brokenness, you know, having that void inside of us, you know. This is, watch this, this is what the Holy Ghost is. The Holy Ghost is a completion of what we were missing in our lives. It is a missing piece that we needed to complete the puzzle in our life. That's a beautiful thing. That's what the Holy Ghost is. It is the completion of what we were missing in our lives. Like the Holy Ghost completes us. Without the Holy Ghost, we are incomplete. But as soon as the Holy Ghost fills us, we are complete. He's that missing piece of the puzzle in our lives that was missing. But when he, when we're filled with the Holy Ghost, that empty piece is filled and it is complete. And we are complete. about to say that we are complete in Christ, who is the head of all principality and power. So we find we're complete in the Holy Ghost. He fills that void. He fills that gap. That, that missing link in our life. Is the Holy Ghost, and as soon as we receive them, everything in our life is complete. Of course, we're under construction, you know, where every day we try to be better, better people, you know, we're, we're a work in progress. But as long as you have the Holy Ghost in you, you find completion for life. You find, you find identity and you find hope for who you are and for what is your destiny, and that is to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Holy Ghost, it fills that void in our hearts. That's the beautiful thing about it is like, you know, there is no longer a void. There is no longer an emptiness. There is no longer none of these things. Now we have been filled with the living water that brings eternal life. Amen.